This is episode 512 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Writers Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. This week, we have Bromont CCI three-star winner Jenny Karras and show-jumping course designer Chris Bernard. This is Max Corcoran and kind of overcast and muggy, but still pretty nice, Lexington, Kentucky. And this is Joe from hot, humid, but sunny, <laughs> Cala, Florida, and you're listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So, Max, how's it going up there? It's, uh, it's a bit wild. I've just returned back from running the Middleburg Pony Club Horse Trials at Great Meadow, which was awesome. It was really awesome, and uh, and now I've been spending the entire morning looking for my beautiful terrier Brady that has been missing for a week. Okay, and, this uh, this listeners, uh, Max, this must be just tearing you apart because it's tearing me apart. Okay, because yeah. I've got one of one of Brady's puppies, Wiggle, and. It's just the worst, worst thing in the world, and especially so hard that you're not there, and you got to go here, and you got to be there, and there's been like little sightings and stuff, and so let's, fingers crossed that she's tucked up in someone's kitchen somewhere, yeah. eating stuff. I, I will say I'm completely sort of overwhelmed, and it takes my breath away a little bit about how amazing everybody has been and how helpful people have been and how kind and passionate people have been about trying to find her, what they can do to help and sharing the Facebook posts and sending thoughts and texts and everything. And it's, it's unreal. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And um, I thank everybody so very much for everything, Uh, you know, people offering rewards and uh, it's, it's overwhelming, but hopefully, um, you know, we've gotten in touch with some, as weird as some people may think it sounds, some animal communicators, because this is, this is all I can do. Um, and they've been fantastic and given us some ideas. And um, again, it's the good news and the bad news, because they keep making you a bit crazy, because <laughs> you're trying to, still trying to find them. And um, so hopefully she will, hopefully we'll get her back in, um, in one piece. And we've just finished stuffing flyers in everybody's mailboxes and i'm not giving up yet not giving up she is a terrier and she's tough so there you go yeah that's right she yep. sure is so well yep yeah well best of luck max we're all thinking thank about you. you yeah thank that's you really, thank really, you. really tough so trying to turn trying to sound put a bit of light on things tell us about your horse trials max how did it go with your record entries uh, Joe, it was super this weekend. Um, obviously, there are things we need to work out with the new venue and everything, but um, great number of entries. The weather held off for us. We were had chance of massive, massive rain on Sunday, and it just kept pushing back and pushing back. And as it does in Virginia, it just sort of went both directions and didn't come on top of us. And um, so the ground really held up. We had to change the course a bit, which was a bit disappointing. It made it a bit soft, but that's fine for the first year. Um, uh, just because we couldn't, you know, the we couldn't use the coffin because it was saturated. And for the listeners that don't know that mid Atlantic region has been hammered with rain. They've, they've, uh, they had a day, they lost all of Fair Hill horse trials. They had lost an entire day at Weridaka. They had 
you know, ridiculous flooding rain the Sunday before our competition. Seneca had to cancel their preliminary and intermediate because during their races, the ground got so wet and so torn up that they've had to cancel because they the course goes off on the race course and it just got so trashed by the car park and everything. So we were really hoping we could get through the weekend um, and let everybody compete. And so it, it was great. Um, everybody with great group of people um, there and, uh, you know, people were so excited to compete at that venue. Um, we did it all on the backside of, um, you know, from the, where people that have been there before from the main ring all the way out the back was the cross country and they got to show jump in the main ring. And, um, I was pretty thrilled with it. I, you know, we need some more dressage warm up, but you know, it just sort of all things that we need to figure out after the first year. So, um, it was super, it really went quite well. So we're pretty excited for what's next. And even the great Bruce Davidson was there coaching and, um, yeah, it was fun. It was good. So that was, that definitely was, uh, busy, but, but awesome. So it was good. Awesome, Max. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, you had Bromont, Bromont, which is fabulous. And we'll talk to Jenny Carrison a little bit more about her experience there. But that's the one thing I get so sad about because I love that event and I don't get to go there anymore. Yeah, well, Max, it's a fantastic event. It really is. Um, the work that was done on the cross-country course this year was absolutely world-class. And not just like you, you expect the way that the fences were dressed um, is up to par with all of the top events, any of the top events that I've been to around the world. And not just in the three star, but in the two star and in the one star, you know, like the decorations and the filling and everything is amazing. The grass is unbelievable. The footing was unbelievable. We got up there and interestingly, we got up early because we, we're normally the first to arrive and the last to leave because we come from the furthest part, furthest away. And on the Sunday afternoon, we were up there early and it was a balmy, hot, hot day in Canada. It was, you know, like sort of upper 70s. It was amazing. Um, 25 degrees for you other listeners. And so it was just beautiful, beautiful. Um, but I sort of looked around and went, oh, looks like the course could do with an inch of rain. And lo and behold, it all came down. Like, you know, the next day and the next night, it rained and rained and rained. And it just couldn't have been better. It was just absolutely perfect, you know. Um, it's. I just wish it was on our back doorstep. I mean, I suppose we've got to be lucky here in Florida. We've got the jockey club on our back doorstep, and my next favourite event is sort of, you know, 24 hours away, which is a bit of a shame. But, no, it was <laughs> it was. It was fantastic, you know, like, um, so a couple of little changes this year. Um, the main higher level classes went in the big arena, uh, something to do with the footing being better drained out there. And instead of in the little arena, the show jumping was in the, the large arena, which was actually made a huge improvement because I don't know if you know, Max, they've got these two arenas there, one on the left and one on the right. The one on the right's right sort of with, a, with a sort of um, – a big bank thing in the middle, which people yeah. can sit on. Yeah. Now, the one the one on the left is it always makes the show jumping just that little bit tight 
You know, the time's a little bit harder to get. You don't oh, have, okay. yeah. have many options and things. Whereas with this big arena, bigger arena, uh, Mark Donovan built a beautiful course and just had a little bit more gallop, you know. So you weren't under quite so much pressure. Um, and so there was probably a few more clear rounds uh, than normal. But I think it's because... For a Mark Donovan course, absolutely. <laughs> Usually I call him Dream Killer Donovan. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Um, so there was, you know, there was saying that there was, if you look down through the list, there was a lot of great jumping horses in the class and the three star. Okay. Really good jumping horses. So it's, you know, I think that the question for old equal ratings, you know, they'd be able to answer that for us, but, <laughs> it was, but it was great. You know, like it was, it was fantastic. And then of course we spent hundreds of dollars in the supermarché and had wonderful dinners and more oh, hundreds of la, 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 I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, well, I, hope you saw, I hope you saw the photos on Facebook. Yes, I of, saw all the pictures. I was oh, very jealous. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, Max, you can talk. You go up to your parents for lobster day. So, um, well, I go, yes, but they're not like what you guys get to do. I mean, I've, I've just, I've, I've, uh, I have had a taste of of traveling with Teresa Foote. And let me tell you what, it's something you always want to go back to. Not only yeah. is she like one of the coolest people, but oh my, and you, with your cooking, it's uh, it's pretty unbelievably, um, you get catered to pretty well. No, I think we make a great team, Teresa and I. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like the people that, what do they say? The people that like to, to, like to eat and the people, some people like good food and some people like to eat. And I like, I like to do, I like to eat good food. You know, they, they say that they're two types of people, you know, yeah. so that's, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so that was, that was fantastic. Weather was amazing. Um, so yeah, it was brilliant. And the best part about it was a really uneventful trip um, up and back, you know, no blowouts, no breakdowns, nothing really went wrong. One hinge on the back of my trailer back door broke which i need to get welded and that was it so like i really got off that's very, not too very bad long. yeah because like like generally my traveling from florida at this time of the year you've got to travel but all the way up through the south of uh, of north america here it's hot the roads are hot hot and tires blow and things go yeah wrong. they do and you know it's it's not like like in england and in europe when i was there for uh, how many 16 years and never had a blown tire on one of the big trucks, you know, whereas here it's a completely different story. So that was a relief. Um, didn't have the best weekend, Max, sadly, um, but um, that was just a couple of teething problems with the young horse and, and a mistake by me on clip-clop, but it ended with clip-clop jumping a fantastic round on the on the last day. That's he awesome. was amazing. And he felt, he felt really, really good, Max. He felt better than he's ever felt on the last day at any event, and he awesome. jumped, jumped like he did it one day. And so, um, I think we're just going to tweak a few things, and we're going to be back in back in business again. You know, like it's not all doom and gloom. It's just just the sport right. things happen. You know, yeah. Sometimes so, we just there's a, a little bit of a little bit of a speed bump, and not necessarily a car crash. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's what's happened to us. Um, but no, it was good. It was good. But now we're back in Florida, and we got home late last night, and it's pretty hot and sticky here. We've got a little derby show coming up this weekend, which we're quite looking forward to. Um, lovely new horse arrived from New Zealand while I was away. It's called Ch Chili Very Bean. Cool. Yeah, Chili Bean. 
She's so uh, was that is that a chilly morning offspring? She's a, a chilly morning, yeah. Before chilly, but chilly morning got famous. Um, oh my, wow! My parent, yeah. When Nick, when Nick Gauntlet was riding him at Blenheim in the oh, three wow. star, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents, I said to Dad, I said, "What do you think of this stallion?" I think I quite like it. And Dad's like, yeah. <laughs> "No, Dad. Well, he's got an amazing eye for a horse." He said, "The only problem, Joe, is it's chestnut, you know." And that's his personal opinion, right? And right, so. Right. so they got, a, they got a bit of semen sent down to New Zealand early on in the day. And so this little chilly morning, I think she's uh, turning seven New Zealand in August. So, um, you know, she's a little bit older and stuff. I just got, I've just ridden her about 10 minutes ago and she's, cool. she's like every bit of Mamaku horse I've ever had with a little bit of movement, but it's completely laid back. And oh my God, I've, just she's amazing so falling in love and she's my size too she's 16 one so perfect yeah so quite excited so yeah things are ticking along down here max um but you're off to where are you off to off to calgary yeah i'm off to calgary yes 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 i am off to calgary i'm uh putting on the girlfriend slash groom hat um to go and cheer cheer my other half on up in uh, canada which will be um Wow, there's some big name people up there. So fingers crossed, it it all goes well. Um, and he's up there for a couple of weeks. Um, just been shortlisted for the World Championships for Australia. For so we're hoping, hoping for good things there. And um, and then I'm off to see my fabulous mom in Portland, Oregon. And then because um, you gotta go, gotta go see your mom. Everybody yep. gotta go see your mom. And then yeah. back here again to head straight back up to. Um, uh virginia for great meadow um because i'm on the organizing committee for there so um it will be um yeah it'll be sort of busy but um but good uh and then from there to my one of my dear favorite places the uh, uh rebecca farm wow you've it's all busy for you max isn't it it is all busy for me but that's this is sort of the time of year so that's you, which is not um, too bad do you will you get to go to the calgary stampede no, I won't go to this Calgary Stampede because I'm only there for a brief, uh, for just a week, um, sort of helping um, Jamie, who works for Scott a little bit, and yep. um, and all that. And um, but the Stampede, I don't think, starts till July, um, okay. so the, they won't be for a little bit. But yeah, yeah, it'll be, uh, but it should Greatest. be pretty good. I'm gonna see my college roommate who lives in Calgary, which is actually kind of fun. Oh, that's awesome! I love it up there. I know. It's been a little, it's been a little bit of time. Never been, been a little so. bit of time. I've spent a little bit of time up there. Been to Spruce Meadows. It's mind blowing. Uh, it is just absolutely unbelievable. Went to the Calgary Stampede, greatest outdoor show on earth, is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. But um, anyway, but no, we're settling in for summer down here, Max, and we've got the Good. parents, parents, and the children, and the nephews, and everybody arriving. Nice. And we're gonna go and get out Disney up and and Universal and swimming and fishing and my nephews want to go shooting, which come to Florida, they're in the right place. So um, yeah, so it's good. It's good. We're busy, busy. Excellent. That's awesome. Right. Busy is always good. I think. Yeah, I know, I know. We've got, yeah. um, listeners, we've got a great show for you coming up. We've got Jenny Karras, um, who's going to talk to us about her fantastic win at Bromont, and we're going to have a chat with um, Chris Barnard about uh, course design, which is uh, very interesting. But first, we will listen to our sponsors at Bit of Britain. <laughs> 
folks, Jen here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm here with Cassie from Bit of Britain for this week's Product of the Week. Well, Jen, today we're talking about the latest in fine bridal work from None Finer. There are two new offerings available, the Verona Bridal and the Florence Bridal. Continuing the tradition of the Bellissimo collection, these bridles are crafted from rich and supple Italian leather with attention to detail that is second to none. Both bridles have fancy stitched brow bands and nose bands in the wider style that is currently popular in the show ring. Each bridle features an inlaid padded crown for the horse's comfort as well as a softly padded brow band and nose band. These bridles are the complete package with matching raised and fancy stitched laced hook stud reins all in dark Havana leather. The Florence Bridal features a regular buckle noseband, while the Verona Bridal has a crank noseband. Great. Thank you very much, Cassie. You can find this week's product at bitofbritain.com. You can search for Verona or Florence Bridal, and they will pop right up, and they are beautiful. And you can also find a link to the Verona and Florence Bridals at theeventingradio.com on this show's episode page. And don't forget to follow Bit of Britain on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and type in Bit of Britain. And for those who are spelling challenged, it's B-R-I-T-A-I-N. Thanks so much, Cassie. And joining us now from the sunny beaches um, is the Bromont CCI three-star winner, Jenny Karras. Jenny, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, and we'll have to explain to everybody that Jenny's not just lollygagging around. She's actually at her brother's <laughs> wedding. Um, so no rest for the wicked. Yes. So Jenny, huge congratulations. You, you and Forty have been sort of pecking away at this for a bit now. And you guys sort of stepped back after a bit of a hiccupy last year and, and um, have sort of took a step back, did your homework, and you've come back again. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about your last year and what how, what you've been doing to uh, to get to this point again. Yeah, so, um, yeah, last year didn't go as planned. Um, I went to Kentucky for the first time and um, didn't have 40 quite fit enough for the cross country. And um, then we sort of regrouped again and went to Fair Hill in the fall and um, that was going really well until I fell off at a table at the end of the course. Um, so when the lows are low, they're pretty low. Um, and we just, you know, kept our head down and went to work, and um, I sort of thought that I would try and go back and have another track at Kentucky this year. Um, but I spoke to Philip um, about it, and he, you know, pretty much – said, oh, I think that you should go try and win Bromont and get your confidence back up and, you know, go to Bromont, do another three-star in the fall, and then um, try and go back to Kentucky um, in 2019. So um, it was a little bit hard to hear because I desperately wanted redemption at Kentucky. Um, but, you know, I, I trained with Philip for a reason and, uh, and um so I knew I needed to take his advice and just, you know, find a way to be okay with um, waiting one more year, hopefully, for redemption at Kentucky. Um, and so we just put our head down and um, tried to get the flat work better, kept working on the show jumping and really 
just tried to get back to the basics with 40 on cross country because he is such a naturally good cross country horse that, um, you know, the fact that it wasn't all coming together on, on the cross country was a red flag that I'd gone wrong somewhere. Um, and you know, it really wasn't a big change. I sort of took him to the fort this year and realized that he wasn't really covering the distances, covering the ground, and he has a massive stride, so I didn't really know what to think about that. But, you know, after talking it through with Philip, we kind of decided that he wasn't taking the bed enough, and um, I decided to run him in a snaffle at Jersey, and he was back to his old self of, you know, making long distances feel short and everything. So, um, you know, it's just a testament. He's been doing it a long time now and, um, he's trained enough now that, you know, can really just ride him around in a snaffle. And it's a great feeling to be able to do that. And, and, um, you've had a couple other, you had a couple other horses with you up at, um, up at Vermont and, and it's kind of nice because with that, you get to get out on the course a little bit and get to practice a little bit more as you're going along. You're not just, you know, some people have just the one upper level horse. So you've got other horses you're getting to get out and get galloping on. Tell us how that sort of, tell us about those horses and tell us how that that's working for you. Yep. So I had two others um, up there with me. I had Fernhill Full Throttle and the CCI Two Star and Trendy Fernhill and his first CIC Two Star. And... Um, actually the way that the schedule worked, 40 was the first one out on cross country and it, you know, it worked pretty well for 40 cause it had my blood up and, and that sort of thing. And then, um, the other two were really competitive in the dressage and they were both going great on cross country. And, um, you know, it just shows you how hard, um, the sport is. I had a great ride on 40, the fastest ride of the day and it felt so great on him and then I just went out on the other two and made a silly mistake on each of them and um you know I you know completely my fault on both horses I had a 20 on both of them and uh so that sort of took them out of contention which is a shame because they both could have been really competitive in their divisions they were on target to make the time and their classes and everything and um but it, it just goes to show you um you know, you got to keep working away at it. And so now my next thing will be to um, be consistent on all of them um, every weekend that I'm out. But it actually having the two of the two star horses helped me a ton on Sunday um, because I think I jumped the CIC two star horse, Joey first, and then um, I got to jump around the CCI two star on Pongo who is a really good show jumper and um, the track was a little bit different for the three star, but pretty much used the same lines, just in a different order. So it was really good to have ridden around the show jumping course on the other two um, that find the show jumping easier um, before I had to get on 40 and, um, and go around on him because uh, he is such a good cross country horse that he doesn't, you know, the show jumping is a little bit tough for him because he's not the most careful but he is getting better and he went in there and he tried his heart out and um you know it it all just came together on the right day 
And it's kind of, I mean, of course you sit there and you, I know, cause um, I've been, been with you in some of these instances, but you know, you've had a, you know, a rail here and a rail there and it's sort of been very frustrating for you and, um, and it's come a long way. And then suddenly you jump a clear round and then you come out and of course it's Lynn following you and you're like, Oh, great. Lynn, thanks. Got to clear around. And now she goes in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah exactly. so how exciting was that for you? Uh, when, when, I mean, obviously you never hope that somebody has a rail, but it must've been a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, Max, um, you you were with me at Jersey. I was winning the CIC three-star there and went in, and I actually thought I rode a better round there than I did at Bromont and ended up with two down and um, still the best three-star finish of my career um, to that point and finished, um, I think, third. and Third, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, going to Bromont, <laughs> I was watching Lynn's horse jump in the warm-up, and she was jumping – incredible and I was like okay well you know I can't worry about what she's doing I just have to focus on myself and actually 40 I don't think he jumped a clear show jump in the warm-up at all at Bromont he was not jumping <laughs> um his best and so I, I kind of looked at Richard and Waylon and was like um well this is gonna be what it's gonna be and I'm just gonna go in and you know I've been working with Abigail Luskin a lot on the sports psychology part of it and um it, a big thing for me is like not having an outcome goal, like not having something set for myself. Like I need to jump a clear round, but having a goal for it um, in my mind being like, okay, well, I just want to ride really well and, um, you know, just give them a great ride and um, have the right balance and have the right canner and, and that sort of thing. And then if you can go out and execute that, then, you know, it works for me at Bromont and some days it's not going to work, but, um, <laughs> I, it helps. It is true, though. You go out there when you're like, I have to go clear. You you sort of panic, and then and and you get put yeah. too much pressure on yourself, and you care too much, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. And Abigail exactly. knows that so I, position all too well herself, doesn't she? <laughs> for sure, for sure. So it was really, um, it was really good to go in, and so I went in and jumped a clear round, and honestly, like jumping that clear round for me under that pressure was, um that was the big victory really. And, um, you know, then watching, having watched Lynn going in the warm up, I came out and I said, okay, well, you know, she's, she's probably going to jump clear. She's a fantastic rider and that horse is amazing. And, um, I, I was just so over the moon to have finished how I did, um, that, you know, basically when she had the rail and I knew that I won, it made it a little bit sweeter, but not, not too much sweeter because I was already just so happy with the performance that the horse had put in. Yeah. Well, I watched, I watched the whole show jumping and I think what it really came down to in the end is you both rode really fantastic and the horses were fantastic. And I think that you probably had a little bit more horse left, um, yeah. in the ring in the ring on the day than she did and i think that's what it what it came down to i mean i watched it the horse start and i was like oh, oh this looks a little bit tired and and it just yeah. had the back 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 rail of that oxer down and i think that that's <laughs> probably that's probably where the win and, and loss was you know like i think you know you say that your horse wasn't a great jumper and and it had every rail down the practice fence and that happens um but 
<laughs> that usually does happen, and then they go in and jump a clear round. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't no, know if it's try harder or try harder or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, Jenny Sauce, she had a little bit more horse left, a bit more petrol in the tank. Um the day and it was a it was a great course you know like it was um it was technical and you had to there was time faults and but it wasn't crazy and you know it was big enough and and all of that it was a really good course you know and let's just remember that the cross country wasn't the easiest you know um no it was there wasn't a lot of clear rounds i don't can't even remember how many got even got you were the fastest did you get under the time no, I had two time penalties. And yeah, exactly. And Lynn so, yeah. um, was right there with me with 2.4, yeah. so she was yeah. one second slower. And then yeah, yeah. I think everybody else was quite yeah. a bit slower. So, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't it, – it walked it, – do you know what, Max, is weird? It walked nicer than last year, and it rode tough, tough. And um, Yeah, but that's Derek for you too, though, isn't it? He, he makes yeah. it look like it's going to be just sort of a wander around, and then he keeps. It's not anything dangerous. They do, it just sneaks up on you, does Derek? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I can tell yeah. you that. That's yeah. for sure. It's yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, um, but yeah, it's um, it wasn't easy, and I think the the word on the street they were they were having a um, FEI course builders conference and things, and Pierre Michelet had said that he thought that it was a little bit too hard, you know. Um, Pierre like, Michelet said that? I believe that. If Pierre no. Michelet said that, then oh, my God, because his yeah. tracks are really hard. <laughs> well, These he, are crazy. He, but a couple, of the, couple of the comments were that some of the distances were a bit too compressed. They weren't open enough. And mm. another one was the bank out of the first water was a bit too steep. Um, and uh, uh, Yeah. And, and you'd have to agree, <laughs> so because um, it was, yeah. you know, so it, it was, was pretty steep. <laughs> some of the two-star horses, it was a little bit of a lottery, you know, where they whether they went across yeah. and, and up, and they kind of, you know, the caddy ones jumped out over the narrow. Like for the listeners, there was a vertical down five strides in the water. This is in the two-star, and then up a steep bank to a a narrow box, which wasn't that narrow, but it was narrow mm-hmm. enough. And, um, you know, like, um, it was 50-50 for me. My, one of my horses went up the bank and didn't even know what it was doing, and the other one went up the bank, and he just doesn't know how to not go straight, and he just found his way over it, you know. So, but anyway, that yeah. aside, um, it was, it's, it's, I love it up there. It's a tough event. The terrain is good. We couldn't have had better weather. Um, the, the, the going, the footing was absolutely amazing. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was, it was a, perfect. It was fantastic. Exactly. I'm and it's, so sad. I missed the event. <laughs> uh, sorry, Max. Uh, and it's, I know. <laughs> well, they do we such a great a job of them ourselves. What's that? And, you know, even on, um, even on Sunday, they made an effort to have us jump in the big ring, which they haven't done before. I don't think. And, um, you know, for the riders hoping to prep for the world game. I know Sue Ockerton said that she wanted to give them. Um, a chance to ride in a big arena and you know they just they they try there really hard um, and it gets better all the time so I, I love Vermont it's a great event yeah me too me too <laughs> I bet you and, love it now <laughs> yeah yeah I really love it now <laughs> no I know it's just stomping around now so anyway at Bromont 
sort of changing <laughs> the subject a bit. They're having a, there's a yeah, CIC, yeah. one star, two star, and three star in August. And as we were driving home last night, contemplating having to return, because really, when you look around in August, there's really not much to go to. Um, no. And my wife was like, well, how are we going to do this? And I said, well, look, it's like childbirth. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, well, no, no, I kind of like, I was there, but like, I just wasn't doing the pushing. Okay. So it's like childbirth. <laughs> let, let, uh, let, after two weeks or three weeks, I'll forget about how long that trip was and just remember the good bits. Right. <laughs> well, so I'm not so sure it's going to be completely like childbirth as, you know, uh, this little bit rough, but, uh, um, so Jenny, tell, what, what's next for these boys this summer? We've got, uh, you, you, are sort of doing family stuff now and then, um, and then you'll sort of gear back up again. And what's, what are the fall plans for your boys for the Fernhill brothers? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, in Aruba at my brother's wedding right now. And then I'm headed to Ira, hopefully buy a horse, um, next week. And then. The boys are just today, the Fernhill brothers are on vacation right now, um, a well-deserved vacation for them. And then, um, I don't know, I um, probably will go, head it back up to Bromont in August. Um, I might do Millbrook before that with them um, just to get the balls rolling. Um, my two-star horse, Fernhill Full Throttle, has done one advance, so I will hopefully move him back up and aim him at a three-star this fall if that goes well for him even though I had one mistake at Bromont he has one clear two-star and it was my mistake and it was at a nothing jump um so I I you know as long as he's going well I feel like he would be ready just to keep keep going on the trajectory that he was on and um I don't know with 40 um I might apply for a grant to go overseas this fall um, with him and, you know, try and be competitive over there um, at a three-star or something. I, um, you know, it's a little bit tricky with Philip, hopefully going to WAG and everything, um, trying to find an event where, you know, I can still have help and that sort of thing. But the under 25 program's great. And, um, you know, whenever Philip can't be there, Leslie, well, usually can. So it's, um, it's a really good program to be a part of. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the fall is a little bit up in the air still, but I'll just let the boys tell me what sort of what they kind of want to do. And um, they all came out of the event. Great. So um, fingers crossed for a really good fall season. See, Blenheim, and for me, Blenheim's that obvious next step, really. Yeah. That's kind of you what know, I'm thinking, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, it's the same week as WAG, but... Ah, oh, no, that's a problem, but, um, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean... But that doesn't work for me. Bloodham doesn't work for me, Jenny, okay? Just so you know. That one, no. that doesn't work for me. No. <laughs> right, because you have to help with WAG. No? Right, so okay. that, that well, doesn't work for me. I just... <laughs> I know. Well, I need, I need, um, I would need your help, Max. So maybe we'll have to plan my fall schedule around your fall schedule. (laughs) Well, that's usually how it should work. Yes, exactly. Basically. I do agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
doesn't have anything to do with what's best for your horse. It's got what's to do with me. Thank you very no. much. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll just have, you know, I'll just have Philip consult you about what I should do this Perfect. Fall, and then okay. you two That's make a plan like a really... and I'll show up. Awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jenny, we're going to let you get back to the beach and uh, hopefully sip in a, something cold and frozen in a glass with an umbrella in it. Oh, yeah. Pina coladas all the way. They make them pretty <laughs> exactly. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now is uh, show jumping course designer, Chris Barnard. Chris, how are you? Good, guys. Good, guys. I'm great. Doing well. Enjoying uh, my first full-time summer in Florida. Yeah? A little sweaty? Little, a little warm, a little sweaty, but no complaints, that's for sure. Take that okay. over those cold temperatures. Yeah, well, let's... I think, let's the, I think the phrase is cloaked, isn't it? It's very close. <laughs> a little, little heavy, a <laughs> little humid. It's close. Isn't it's that like... how you guys call it? Isn't that how the say it's a little close? Like yeah, a little close. Girl's phrase. A little close. You mean my, my, my wet shirt sticking to my body is a little close? Is that <laughs> what close. you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, let's, all we can hope for is that the summer is not as as wet as it was last year. It's literally, we're off to a reasonable start. So that, without a hurricane going over the top of us, will be pretty good. Now, Chris, you've been over here. You're an Englishman. You're over here, and you're building a lot of courses for us eventers. Um, what what brought you here, and what got you into course building? Oh my goodness. Um, when I left high school in England, I went and worked in Scotland um, up at the uh, Glen Eagles Mark Phillips Equestrian Centre back in the early 90s, dating myself a little bit. And then the person that actually uh, ran that equestrian centre came over to uh, run the Millbrook Equestrian Centre, where the Millbrook Horse Trials are held, which is obviously now Cool Park Farm. And uh, long story short, I came over and helped them get started with the BHS system. And uh, have been here ever since, which is 24 years ago now, I think. So um, that's what originally brought me over. And then um, I you know, did some riding and training and ran a few barns and did my course design in between. And now I do the course designing thing basically full time. Right. And as far as... I, weren't you, you just did like four weeks in a row, didn't you? I just did so six weeks in a row in, 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 in six different states. So... It was a busy, oh. it was a busy few weeks, but I love it. I love, it. I enjoy it. It's great, you know. It's such a great country to tour around, and I see everybody on the road, like as you guys do. You know, it's nice to bump into everybody. But nice thing with the event, and because it's not a full week, it's maybe Thursday through Sunday. I get to be home as well, so it, and enjoy that new farm that we bought. So uh, it's actually, I get the best of both worlds. I get to be on the road, do the courses, and also spend some time at home with Justin. So, yeah. And tell our listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, you've got your fabulous girlfriend, Justine Dutton, and just tell, 
tell everybody else then about that. She's she's great. We this is sort of our first. We bought the farm back in April last year, 2017, and so this year we decided that we would stay down in Florida full time. We spent the whole winter, um, so she's running her business out of here, um, doing the sales and and uh, riding her horses and doing a little bit more in the jumper world as well as doing the eventers and and the sales. And uh, as long as I can get to an airport, I can commute to any show and. So, um, but, but she's doing great. She's enjoying being down here. We're enjoying the farm. Um, and, um, business is, business has been pretty good for both of us. I'm busy course designing and she's busy with the sales and, and the competing. So it's, 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 she's doing, she's doing really well as well. Now, Chris, some of the courses that you build, like, you know, uh, I think probably what you're most known for is the time's always really tight, which is always, which is quite a <laughs> quite annoying for me but anyway uh, but the, the the time's tight but tell us some of your philosophies on on course design i mean like the other day we had an amazing line that was at chat hills which was a big long sort of gymnastic thing um course design sort of has i don't know what it's sort of developed into but we seem to it's got a lot more technical lately in eventing than than the old days when we started where you sort of gallop from one side of a of a bit large grass field and went to the other side and then you jumped a triple and then you jumped something else i mean tell us sort of what you're thinking about these days i think you know a lot of i think in general the courses are getting much more like a show jumper course you know not i agree i mean when i came over here 20 odd years ago it was very much that you know single jump the odd line big space go to the next jump but i think nowadays the, the, the more recently the courses are getting a, a lot more technical um with distances and, and 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 that time allowed that's another factor and also the jump the material the, the fences are a lot more airy um there's not as much fill in them, which obviously poses a little bit of a harder question for the horses. My own personal, I'd, I try and have a nice flowing track. My, my philosophy is to get, the, get everybody, no matter what level it is, thinking forward for the first two or three jumps. And then all the other questions come from that ride, whether it's to add, you know, lengthen, shorten, turn, roll back. I think everybody knows I love a, a roll back or two um, in my courses. Um, so, but my main philosophy is to sort of get everybody thinking forward. I like all the questions come from everybody with a nice positive start and, and being able to sort of figure out the course from, from there. Um, but that's, everybody has their own little bit bits and pieces of what they like to do. Um, and yes, I, you know, I've, I've been lucky. The more I'm getting to build, the more places I get to go. Um, and because now I'm starting to do so much the last couple of years, I've gone from sort of doing six to 10 events to now up to 30 plus. Um, I, I do try and keep the courses fresh, you know, like the ring that you were talking about there, Joe at chat Hills is quite large. So you can ask a question like that. I think we had the triple combination, five strides to an oxer, four strides to another oxer, all yeah. on a straight line. There's not many places that you can do that because of the size of the arena. So, so those factors. Um, so when I can do something like that, it's actually fun to sort of give you guys that test. So when you go to a place to design a course, I mean, do you just do you wake up in the morning and sort of just <laughs> dream it out of your head? Or is this something that you sort of – do you sit down at night just doodling on a, on a sketchboard? Or sort of how do, you, how do you make the plans? 
Um, um, I wish I could wake up in the morning and do it. That would be great. And sometimes you sort of have to be flexible. Generally, what I'll do is I have my computer program um, that does everything to scale. So whether I've been to the facility before or whether it's the first time I've been somewhere, as long as I have the arena dimensions, I can do a course to scale and know it's going to fit in the ring. The time allowed is going to be, you know, within reason. So when you're, and when you're designing courses, Chris, like how did, how, what, you know, different levels and different places that you are. I mean, obviously if you're at something like the American Eventing Championships, you're going to be a little bit tougher on the levels than you would be at say, you know, um, the Florida horse park where you're, it, you know, that's, you know, what I would see is more of a schooling horse trials. Um, uh, so how do you, how do you determine beginner novice through the advanced level? What, um, when you're sitting down to design these courses, what, what it goes through your mind on, on that, on how to design that? Um, it depends, you know, like I think for me, I mean, I'll look at the entry list and I, and I, I've talked about this to other people. I'll look at the entry list. That doesn't define what type of course I'll do. A lot depends on the competition. You know, nowadays we have a lot of the FEI divisions on the same weekend as national levels. So I think if you've got just the FEI divisions, you can build a little tougher. Um, obviously, we're trying to get, and uh, I do, Mark does, Richard does, we try and get into a different course for each level. So you have to take into there's so many factors. You have to take in the facility the volunteers, do you have professional crew, what type of arena you're in, where you are, amount of entries, there's so many factors. But as far as the course goes, I'll always design the biggest course first. So if I have an advanced or a three-star, that will be the track that I design. Um, and then everything else will come off of that. Um, but for where, depending on how technical I make it, will just sort of depend on the venue and sort of the level of competition a little bit. Sometimes you go places and you have a stronger one star, maybe a little bit of a weaker one star, but definitely always most important to me is to, for the FBI levels and, and the upper levels is to build to the specs. You know, you want to build the height, you want to build the width. It is a, the, the FBI stuff is a qualifying um, event. So you, what you don't want to, you know, to be too soft um, or too easy or too hard for each level. Um, so you always want to keep that in mind. Where's your favorite place to design? Ooh, you can pin me down <laughs> on that one. Um, I can, oh, give us a few. I, no, it's fine. <laughs> give us a couple. I, I, yeah, preface, give us a couple. <laughs> I preface this, but there's not, there's not any place I dislike to go. I, I love what I do. And, and a lot of the events are great. Rebecca Farm in Montana, I think, would probably be the top of my list. It's hard work. They have three show jumping arenas, as you guys know, um, and, and good competition, a lot of horses. Um, but it's a lot of work, but it is one of my favorites. It's not my favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, like, um, I enjoy the, some of the winter ones I do. Um, Pine Top I've been doing for a few years. That's a funky piece of land, so try and come up with something new for the show jumping there is always a bit of a challenge, but, but that's good. Um, now that I've started to be all over, Plantation is good because it's a, it's a big fall event, um, nice big arena, again, funky shape, um, but that's always a, a fun one to do. Um, but I do so many now, now with Virgi the two Virginias, um, and then Morven. Morven, again, is another great fall one. Um, I do a few of the smaller ones at Stable View, but um, but if I had to, if you're going to pin me down and pick one, I think Rebecca Farm would be um, my favorite, and I'm looking forward to going back out there in a few weeks. Mm. Yay! <laughs> um, Chris, who are your who are sort of like big mentors of yours? If you um, want to go and sort of 
study with someone and, and learn, you know, obviously what makes everybody great is that you keep learning and doing and being a part of it. And obviously there's so many amazing course designers in the jumping world and the straight jumping world. And, you know, it really dictates a lot of times where if people decide to go to that show or not, which I find, um, which obviously, you know, Oh, that won't fit this horse, but this person will suit this horse and stuff like that. Or there any sort of, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of work with Richard Jeffries and, um, but are there any other course designers that, um, that stick out for you and why? Um, Richard obviously has been the biggest influence that, you know, like he is, he has helped me. And I know, um, with the programs that he does through the USEF and, and those sorts of things, um, we would love to get more course designers. So I know Richard's very positive and, and, and he's been great for me, always helpful. Um, great feedback. The other person that I, um, apprenticed with, which I had to do for my jumper course design license was Danny Foster in Canada. Um, Again, he's he's mainly jumpers. Um, he's he's Canadian. Um, we won't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> um, but, he, I, <laughs> but I met him a few years ago. Great friend. Again, I went out to Hits in California um, and did some apprenticing with him. But I think any of them. I mean, even nowadays, whether it's eventing or show jumping, I'll always look. You can look online and you can watch what you know. Even badminton few weeks ago um it's always fun to see what other and interesting to me i'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that to see what other people are doing um but i think anytime you can you can work with somebody or see what somebody's doing and and sort of understand the questions they're asking it's it's so valuable um so i'm i'm actually going to look to try and get out a little bit more in the jumper world and and try and uh, do a little bit more apprenticing, like you said, Max, just for a little bit more education. You never stop learning in the horse business, no matter what you're doing. And course design and show jumping course design is definitely, definitely included in that. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys, I mean, they're just, I don't know, they're legendary, some of them. And, oh, no, sure. not his courses. Oh, dear. Oh, they're going to be big. Right. Oh, shoot. You know, this <laughs> is interesting to hear that. <laughs> hear the jumper riders talk about them and um i find it i just find it interesting and what they're known for and what's oh well that's typical so and so and you sort of hear that those phrases a lot and it's uh it's kind of interesting and there's so many now you know like a lot of a lot of foreign course lines are coming over you know i mean you see them at kentucky and wellington and hits and all that you know so there's no end of, of different styles and different courses um, so it, it's always interesting to see what other people are doing and what they're building, how they're building it. Um, and also, like I said, you know, when you look at courses like badminton, you know, what are they doing in Europe? You know, I do think it, it differs a little bit from here. Um, and the competition is different over there. Um, there's a lot more, lot more competition, a lot more entries. Um, and again, we talk about before, you know, arenas, grass, sand, you know, see what people do right. in different footing and different arenas. So that's interesting to me as well. So, Chris, you get to see a lot of eventing and a lot of show jumping and stuff. And what would you think, you know, what would you say the biggest difference is or what do you think the eventers can work on or something between so they they get better because obviously our our sport can't get much harder in the cross country it's going to get harder in the show jumping and more technical um and some people are going to practice i know justine's been down to venice to that fabulous show in venice to practice and just keep getting in the ring what what's your advice to the eventers to get them you know to you know if you have any exercises that you suggest you have any other suggestions what where do you see the gaps 
I, I think, you know, I think in general, it's like we said before, it's the technicality of the courses as far as, you know, lengthening, shortening, you know, the, the, the four stride, five stride line, is it a little forward? Is it a little long? I think um, to me in general, obviously the jumpers are a little more careful, you know, the event horses and when they jump before cross country, they're a lot, they're a lot more careful than they are after cross country. That's part of the test, right? Either way. Um, but I think for, for the, the event is thinking about improving their show jumping. If you can get out and go do some proper jumper shows or straight jumper shows, I do think it helps. I think it's good for the horses to see the questions. I think it's a, a great way for the riders to, to see the questions, but I do think sort of the lengthening and shortening the technicality of the track. And, and we hit on it at the beginning, that time allowed, you know, and yes, are my times uh, on the tighter side for, sh- for sure. I, I agree with you there, Joe. Um, but I do think it's a factor. I think that time allowed is something to be aware of. Um, I don't think event riders always ride efficiently after the jump. I think some of them ride very well. But I think the efficiency of which you ride, of course, especially at the upper levels, um, in order not to have the time faults, is some, somewhere where I think event riders could focus and, 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 and improve. Um, and, and I was talking to somebody about this a couple of days ago with the dressage scoring system now changing so much. It's important for the show jumping course designers to have the time allowed correct and fair, but it's also important that it's, that it's right because one time fault on Sunday or even, you know, that doesn't matter which day it is, is so important now. If you have one time for it, it could drop you three or four places yeah. instead of not even move you. I think, Joe, you, you probably agree with that now. Well, it, it, it does make a huge difference, actually. And just for, for example, um, I think my horse had, this is across country. Now the scoring's so much closer together. He had two and a bit time faults or one and a half or something. And that was the difference between three places after cross country day. Okay. Now get into the show jumping. Now, now we are seeing competitions where it's, there's, there's a possible five different winners depending on, on, on jumping a clear round. There's, we're not, gone are the days when I think, you know, the, the, anyone's got three rails in hand, four rails in hand. I don't, I just right. don't, I just don't see it happening anymore. Um, it's become much, much closer. And um, now it's important that you jump a clear round on that last day. You know, yeah. um, it's, yeah. it's been a real game changer for the sport. I mean, us people that like going fast cross country and riding jumping horses and things. I think it's um, for us, it's fantastic. And I've heard a bit of whining from some of the people that are better at dressage. You know, I, I just, I think it's, it will change the kind of horse that we buy um, as well. You need a horse that's fast, um, but careful and can do both things, you know, um, I think, so it, it, it's made a massive difference, a massive difference. I think it's a good thing, um, but it's made a ma- massive difference to the sport. And so now we've got to be really conscious of the time. I mean, in my when I first came over to this country, I was getting time faults all the time, and now it's mostly just in your um, your, your courses, Chris. So, you know, but now, now I can go quite well. But I, there, were, there was a big difference, and, and I – a lot of it I'm going to put down to the fact that we jump on surfaces here most of the time 
in um, in this country. Um, so the area is slightly smaller. I think the the courses are fairly technical, especially at the high levels. You know, um, and you know you get to a place like Rocking Horse where the show jumping arena is not. It's not a big arena, you know, and you've got to go. You've right. got to be. You've got to land and and move. And if you find a place on the course where you can gallop, you've got to gallop. You know, so. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, yeah. go on, sorry, Joe. No, I just, I just think you've just got to be aware of that and, and you've just got to train your horse so that you can gallop from A to B and then be able to balance in the turn and jump the fences correctly. Yeah. And I agree. And again, on, on the learning process, as, as I go through my, you know, m- my years of doing this, you, you learn as you go. And, you know, Richard would always say to me, you know, and I, you, you guys know, I put rollbacks in my courses. I think everybody knows that. And what you have to realize is when you do the rollbacks, when I'm measuring, I'm conscious of the fact that you can't go 375 meters per minute on a rollback. So if you've got two of them or three of them, I've, I've, I've got to measure a little bit more generously and take that into consideration. But the other side of that is the riders have to realize it's a rollback and maybe make it up a little bit somewhere else, you know? And, and again, that's just part of, of everybody's education of figuring out, you know, where, like you, like what you said, Joe, where you can gallop a little and where you can actually take your time, you know? Yeah. I mean, where it's, where it's got hard and this was, um, one of the courses that springs to mind is Mark Donovan's last year at Bromont where, uh, there was so much was related, so many related lines that there was hardly anywhere that you could really gallop, you know, sure. because because the lines were measured, you know, and and we're not into the place where we're going to say, right, we're going to ride four strides down a five stride line or, or five strides down a six right. stride line. I mean, that's well, that's jump off stuff. You know, we're still eventers, I believe. But yeah. you've got to, you've, but yeah, you've got to just be very much aware of, of what's going on and you've got to land and you've got to gallop the flags and you've got to turn up tight to things and, and all of that sort of thing. So yeah, no, sports changing and um, it's a good thing. Hey, what and did they say, Chris? I mean, I've, I've heard them say like every stride is what half a second. Is that right? Or every stride is a certain, you can almost in your head. So if you're adding down the line, that's actually going to be an extra second. Extra onto your second time. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, obviously, I mean, you look at, uh, even in the jumper world, you know, it, it's not, and you know, this Max, it's not always the fastest one in the jump of it. Sometimes mainly the one that takes the least amount of most strides, efficient. right? And McLean yeah. yeah. Ward is, is the master of that. He never looks like he's racing yeah. around. But he's two yeah. seconds Marcus quicker than Senning, most. Same you know? thing too. You know, yeah. and and just, I Marcus Senning point, never goes fast. He just flicks right. around. He just just amazing. Right. Yeah, and and I think it again. It's 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 on the course design to make sure that time is that the, the distance is right and the time allowed is correct. And we can change it after the first three if we want to. Um, but it but it's it's definitely a a, a factor that again. I was always, and I said to Richard, what's the biggest one early on when I was sort of training with him. And he said, I asked him the, 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 one of his biggest difference between the, the jumper world and the eventing world. And he said, as a course designer, and he said, in the eventing world, we're not trying to get a winner, right? We are just setting a test for the event riders to jump either before cross country now or after cross country. In the jumper world, it's basically the course designer's course against you know, is, 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 is against the class, right? They're trying to jump it clean. Um, whereas in eventing, we don't want the time allowed to be like you just said there, Joe, a, a jump off time allowed. 
Um, but there is that fine line now between being a good time allowed and something that's too tight. And, and, and it's, a, it's a very fine line, I, I think. What's a good way for people to practice all that? I mean, I, I, sometimes people don't jump courses a lot. They just sort of jump their single fences or they jump a line. How important is it for people to actually practice the whole course? Oh, I think it is. I really do. It's hard to say. You can't, I mean, rarely are you going to say, okay, this measures this and this is what time you're going to do. I think doing the jumper classes, you know, at, at a horse show, I think that's a good barometer, you know, because they're going to have jumper time allowed. So you can always get a gauge if you're doing something like that. And even that at a schooling show, I think that's a good way to, to sort of, um, to, to, to test yourself a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, again, what I try to tell people if, if they ask me, I, it, it's that being efficient after the jump. You know, if you've in a smaller ring, it's easy, believe it's easier to make the time because the track is the track. You can't get lost. You can't go too wide. You're going to keep coming. Whereas in these bigger arenas, sometimes it's easy to go a little too wide or, you know, go a little further around or, you know, not gallop when you can. Um, so I just think it's sort of, of, of being aware of where you're turning, what you're doing and what you do in those first few strides are jump, land and ride forward, land and move up. Um, so that, so that you can, you can be efficient. Yeah. I mean, a good way, I guess, to practice that is sort of like land and stick a pole out there and try to test yourself, isn't it? Can I do that? And yeah. can I make five strides in there? Can I make that in four strides or I have to bend and roll back and you can practice that a lot, even with the jump smaller. So you're not beating on your horse's legs. Right. Right. And also, you know, like cross country, just know what speed you're going, you know, I mean, you, you're going to know if you're going 400 or 450 or whatever, same in the show jumping ring, know there's what's 350, what's 375. And at the low levels, know what's 320. Do you know what I mean? Like just being aware right. of, of those, the, the more you can understand that, that helps as well. So years ago, Max, we were, we were, I was at one training facility and we were, we had to build ourselves a 500 meter course, right? Put oh with, my two, God. with two, yeah, no, no, 500 meter oval, okay? And yeah. had to have, have two jumps in it, okay? And we had to practice doing it in a minute, okay? And with a stopwatch on. And then once we got good at that, we had to take the stopwatch off and we had to go and practice. All right. And that's, so good. that's really good. And we were all 18, 19 year olds. All right. We were all like, you know, we were young. Everyone was getting it down to about a second or two. Wow. You know? Wow. Because, but, well, because they just practice. It was just practice and practice, yeah, right. you know? And yeah. you feel, start to feel the rhythm like a Jamaican, right. you know? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, that it, it, it's doable. You know, you can go out and practice. I, I just, uh, as soon as Chris said that, I was like, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's, it's doable. It's not like you have to say, well, what's my speed going to be today? You know? Well, Chris, right, we're so going to let you get back to sweating. Let, and Let you get your... back to your – well, you've got your gematidosaur clinic on, haven't you? How's that going? Yeah, yeah that's Jim, cool. it, 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 It's great. She's awesome. It's so fun to have her. And this is our third clinic. She's a couple in the winter, and she squeezed this one in because she's not riding at Lemulin this week. So – she came out for a visit and we filled this clinic. I think we've got 20 odd people in it. And, uh, wow. So we did, um, we did the show jumping at hours yesterday and we did some cross country at Clayton's this morning. And we're up here at Majestic Oaks, uh, doing the lower levels this afternoon. And then she's going to do some privates tomorrow. 
and uh, head back to England. But um, but no, we love having her. She's everybody seems to love her clinic, and she's awesome to have around. And uh, her and Justine have become really good friends. You know, she's been really good with Justine. You know, especially since last summer, and you know, chatting with her and helping her. And and uh, you know, it's 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 great to have her on our side, and uh, and great that she loves to come. So, and and like you said, this this visit's a lot warmer than the winter one. So uh, so she's she's enjoying it. She's having a great time. Awesome. Very good. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit. Bit, bit hot for a, a proper palm, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. It's that humidity, you know, just gets a little sticky. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. they say. It's the humidity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's just hot. It's Florida in the summer. It just it's hot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's is. hot. It's hot. We've had a lot of rain. It's you know, just green though. We've had a lot of rain the last six weeks. I think it's been nonstop. We were dry through April, and then once May hit, we've uh, we've had that those rain and thunderstorms every day. So. Uh, I will say the footing is always perfect. Yeah, the footing is always perfect there this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, we went to Clayton's today and it was like almost spongy. It was so nice over there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right, well, Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show and taking some time to talk to us about course design and some of the things you think about and do and all the rest of it. And um, we will, um, yeah, talk to you again soon. You're very welcome. And if anybody is interested in course design, we are desperately looking for more people to get interested in it. So if anybody ever wants to apprentice, I'm always available. I know Richard and Mark are always willing to have apprentices and people that want to learn. So if anybody out there has an interest for it and has the time, um, we'd love to have you tag along and, and, and learn with us. So, uh, so that offer's there as well. So, but guys, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Interesting, Max. Very interesting, that course design stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's excellent. That was really, um, you know, it's great information to see how, you know, the, the thought process behind some of these, you know, what we what we see and, you know, why he does it. It's not just because he's like, oh, this is pretty. We'll put that here. You know, there's there's a yeah, rhyme exactly. and reason for it all. And yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, obviously the, 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 the show jumping is going to continue to be more technical because it's it's safe to make it technical if, if that makes sense um and the time allowed and all that kind of good stuff but it's uh yeah it's good that um yeah it was good well it's and now all that, all that he's got going on it's now very influential and i am gonna gallop after every rollback from now on we'll find a place <laughs> yeah because i'm yeah i'm stuffed if i'm gonna be getting time faults all the time but it's just hard you know um, sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, and then just that, yeah, because then you, sometimes when you've got a younger horse that's not so rideable too, you're sort of go hooting around a turn. You're like, ah, I have no brakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. gets a little tricky too. Yeah, or exactly. You've got a horse like Johnny that spends so much time in the air that you don't even know what to do with yourself. You're like, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's. That's- Again, oh, yeah, and then he, then you're, yeah. and then if you spend too much time thinking about the time, then you're not getting your course done, and then you know well, so exactly. it's a balance. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. That's yeah. good for us. It's good for us. So yeah, it is very good. It's very good. Yeah. So what's next, Joe? Um, well, I think probably we should mention um, John T. Evans, and everybody is yes. is thinking and praying for him right now. Um, he had a nasty fall, and. Um, is um is still in a coma um and fingers crossed that that all works out really really well i mean he's been on our show and it uh, was just a fairy tale for 
Rourke's Drift to be bought with the crowdfunding and stuff. And so, yeah, like I said, I think that um, hoping everything goes well, goes well there. Um, but yeah, um, we've got some shout outs and I want to shout out to Caitlin, who I walked half the course with at Bromont. And I don't know your last name, Caitlin, but um, you could listen to the show. And who do you want to shout out to, Max? Uh, to Julia Graham. She, I saw her this weekend. She was uh, out to spectate at Middleburg Horse Trials, and she said she's a listener of the show. So it was uh, good. To, always great to catch up with her because she's awesome. Um, but uh, thank you for listening, Juliet. And uh, she also helps me at Great Meadow. She volunteers a bit there, so that's actually pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome, Max. Well, listeners, it's been quite a long show, and uh, Max, you better get on and, and wrap things up for us. Exactly. So, everyone, thanks for listening to the Eventing Rider Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at ERA of NA. It is really cheap to sign up, so everybody have a look. There's lots of different levels. We need more members. So, and don't um, forget the insurance. Link. Don't forget that. Insurance is unbelievable. Amazing insurance. Unbelievable. Yep. Okay, sorry, yeah. Max. Go on. Yeah, you can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow the Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search The Eventing Radio Show and at Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listening to The Eventing Radio Show anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe by iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. This is Max, and you can find me on Facebook, Max Corcoran Horse Care, which I don't really update very often. You can find me on Twitter at MMC338, and you can find me on Instagram at the same place. And you can <laughs> find, which I'm just learning how to use, um, and you can also find me on my blog, Max Corcoran WordPress. And this is Joe, and you can find me on my website, joemeyereventing.com. You can follow me on Twitter, joemeyereventr. You can find me on Facebook, joemeyer, and you can find me on Instagram, joemeyer, and I promise I'll go and put some more photos on it today. <laughs> but I got a final shout-out, Max, to our good friend, uh, Bobby Meyerhoff. Um, I don't know if everybody knew, and but – Danica. Um, Danica um, had a nasty fall and broke her leg and um, had operation and everything. So just sending uh, best wishes out to Danica and Bobby. Um, hoping you guys are getting through it. Unfortunately, Bobby missed Bromont because of that. Um, he was being a... Yes, but as I said, Danica has <laughs> doctored after him so many times. <laughs> so we, I said yeah. to him, I said, you better be behaving yourself. He's like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. No, I know. He's been looking after Fast him. healing, Danica. Yeah, fast healing. Well, listeners, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Bye, everyone.